He about got my shoe, I'll tell you that right now. Man, that brother brought it, and I really appreciated it. Uh, it's so wonderful to have him come and share from that stream, from that perspective. You know, we don't have any end times perspective on much of the preaching that we have that happens here at Winters, and it was definitely, you know, it's like taking a drink of cold water. It's like, well, we needed that. Amen. We needed that perspective. We needed that anointing. Uh, we needed him to come and to pour into us, and I'm so glad that he uh, came and was so wonderful, and uh, we, uh, we enjoyed him. Amen. So continue to pray for him, pray for his ministry. He had dental surgery earlier this week. <laughs> I'm sure he's feeling mighty fine. <laughs> but uh, anyway, let's pray together. Uh, Ted, why don't you pray over this service? Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Well, we've been talking about the gifts and the ministries of the Spirit. And, uh, of course, uh, you know, all of these, all of the things that we're going to say uh, and all that I'm going to share here today is uh, I'm going to say based on the assumption that um, those of you that, um, based on the assumption that you're you're hearing this from the perspective of you uh, hearing these things uh, in the context of a uh, personal, intimate relationship with Jesus, <laughs> that you, you pray in the Spirit, that you're filled with the Holy Ghost, and uh, that you understand that these things are a part of what is necessary uh, for the gifts of the Spirit and the ministries of the Holy Spirit to be evidenced in one's life. Um, you know, it's, uh, I, I, Pastor Tom, um, Pastor Tom, he said something one time that I thought was really good. And um, I think I can find it. Let me, uh, I, I screenshotted it and I kept it in my notes, I think. So let me, let me, let me pull it up real quick because I think it will, uh, it'll help you to kind of understand a little bit better uh, why what we're talking about is extremely important and why you as a believer, when we go into talking about these things, need to have a clear understanding of, of why we're bringing it this way. So let me, let me look here real quick. Just, I didn't expect to, uh, to talk about this. Oh, yes. Well, maybe I didn't put it in my notes. Maybe I, maybe I took a picture of it. That makes it a little more difficult. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh. 
Dag nabbit. That's Christian cussing. <laughs> Those are Christian cussing words. Dag nabbit. Yeah, oh, snap. Uh, what's a cr- Oh, crumb. That's what my... Uh, that's what my stepmom says. Oh, crumb. <laughs> can you just, like, when you look for photos, can you, um, can you look for photos based on screenshots? Yes, you can. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Uh-oh. Which one is that? Ummy. Well. <sighs> I guess I'm not going to find it, y'all. Eh, doggone it. It was so good, too. You know, Ayla, I am so unorganized when it comes to that stuff. I got stuff spread out all over. Usually I just read it when I'm, I'll accidentally run across it looking for something. I'll be like, oh, hey, let me share this. (laughs) Yeah, I'll see it and be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to share this today. I I got screenshots of Some of them are funny. Anyhow, uh, I, I almost wish I could put this up so you guys could see all the stuff I'm pulling up. <laughs> uh, Pastor Andy wouldn't like it, though. <laughs> anyway, uh, what Pastor, what, I'll just kind of try to tell you the best that I can, the best way that I remember uh, exactly what it was that Pastor Tom was uh, saying. But in this, uh, in his... Uh, um, in his post, he said that um, one of the one of the uh, there are he said that there were two major things that uh, that he saw were the the most significant problems in the church today. Uh, number one was uh, people trying to know the Lord without trying to have a relationship with God without immersion in the Spirit without being immersed in the spirit. And so <clears throat> that was what I that was the part I wanted to really tell you was that for us to really get these things in us, working in us and for us and through us, we have to be immersed in the spirit. So more than anything, uh, y'all need to be praying regular, Lord immerse me in the Holy Ghost. Let me be baptized in your spirit. I mean, let me drown in the in the Holy Ghost. Let me drown in the in the power of your spirit. But uh, anyhow, so uh, let's open up. Uh, wh- where did we leave off last time? Do y'all remember? We were ta- I guess we were talking about um, living in the dispensation of grace. Um, I think we uh, had gotten to the point where I was kind of reviewing some of the things that Tyler had said. And I talked about how that um, it was the devil's business to bury stuff is God's, God's uh, nature uh, to reveal. Spirit reveals things. 
Uh, it's the enemy's work to hide things. Y'all, um, I know that some of you are private people. I know some of you feel like that you don't want people in your business. Uh, some of that has to do with the flesh. Some of it has to do with the devil. Like we've got to be careful that we're not uh, uh, we're not trying to hide things and trying to bury things that um, will keep us from growing in the spirit and growing in our faith and growing in the uh, uh, growing in a manner that will cause us to operate and function uh, in a in uh, the full measure of the spirit in our lives. And so uh, I think that's where we did leave off. I was reading this to you. Some of us have never considered this uh, in our whole walk with Christ, that God is a revealer. He's not a hider. It's the devil who wants things hidden and covered up. When we are disconnected from the spirit, we go out of our way to do all we can do to cover things up. We don't realize uh, that what some of us call being a private person is really a bad spirit working to keep us in bondage. It's why many squirm away from uh, the manifestation of the spirit why some will disappear uh, uh, from church when going through difficult times. Uh, when the Spirit of God is really working in our lives, He's a revealer. Uh, we have to depart from the fear of Him revealing things in us, to us, and through us. Uh, we need to strive to remove the words, don't tell anyone or keep it to yourself from our vocabulary. Uh, I believe it's one of the main reasons we don't share the gift uh, that we've received we want to dig holes and bury and hide because of what we call being private instead of allowing him to reveal through us to the world the wonderful gift of the Holy Spirit and all that he has to offer. Amen. And so uh, you say, well, what does that have to do with the gifts of the Spirit? Well, when God, when God, begins, to, when God begins to use you, uh, if God begins to use you to, uh, uh, in the gifts, <clears throat> then what that does is that brings attention to you. So listen, when we're talking about gifts and ministries of the Spirit, if you don't want nobody to look, if you're one of them people like, oh, don't, don't look at me, you can go ahead and leave this class now. Because if you get over there and you start doing the stuff I'm talking about doing, people are going to pay attention to you. Oh, yeah. And the reason why they're going to pay attention to you is because of the working of God's Spirit in your oh, life. Yeah. People are going to be drawn to you. Uh, that's the, that, you know, the word manifestation. Uh, manifestation means uh, put on display. For something to be manifested, it has to be put on display. When, the mani when we talk about manifestations of the Spirit, what it's saying is that's the Spirit put on display in the life of the believer. So when we talk about the Holy Spirit's manifestations being in us, it's Him being put on display. The, manifest the display of the wind is leaves and, and dirt and flags. And uh, the manifestation of fire is a light and, you know, and uh, uh, heat. And they're, they're all these, that's that, those things are what are displayed when there's a fire. Well, you know what? When people start paying attention to you, guess what? They're going to start to invade your privacy. They're going to start making demands of your time. Listen, if, if the Holy Spirit goes to healing the sick through you, guess what? When people get sick, they're going to call you on the phone, want you to come and pray for them. Don't you dare tell people, well, you know, don't look to me. No, you're the, one that, you're the one that tapped into that flow. You're the one that the Spirit of God began to manifest that. If you don't, if you don't want people at your door that are sick, 
believing that God is going to use you in, a, you know, in that manifestation of the Spirit to minister healing to the sick, then it's my recommendation that you go find some dead, dry church somewhere that won't activate your gift and won't cause you to manifest the Holy Ghost. But don't go to a lively church where they teach the Word of God, where they encourage you to be filled with the Spirit, and then uh, they, there's an expectation on their part that when we teach these things and when we pray for these things and when we believe these things, that these things are going to happen. Amen. Why, why, would, why would anyone come to a church and think that uh, when coming to a church, you know, one of, the, one of the things that I hear people say, um, and I'm, I'm going to say this, I'm going to meddle a little bit, but I've had people say this to me, or I've had other people say this to me, hearing that people said this, well, pastor, you know, uh, we're afraid that we're, I'm afraid, these people are afraid to come to talk to you because they're afraid that if they come to talk to you about something, it's going to end up in a sermon on Sunday. Listen, everything ends up in a sermon on Sunday. And guess what? It has nothing to do with that you came and talked to me about it. Did you ever stop to consider that other people may be going through a hard time too? Did you ever stop to consider that others might be going through some of the same stuff that you're going through and you don't know it? Have you ever done that? See, some people, they'll hear me say something that sounds very similar to something that they're going through that they spoke with me about maybe two or three weeks earlier. And they make this assumption that somehow or another uh, that made it into my sermon because of a conversation we had. Now, Anna knows if I'm bringing her into the conversation, I usually say, Anna and I had a talk. And during that talk, we, we, we came to this conclusion based on, you know, our conversation you know, with the Word of God. Well, see, that, that here's the thing. Some people are like, well, Brother Siggy, why are you sharing that? Because there's about 17 other people in this church need to hear that too. Amen. Amen. But when we got this idea that we want to stay covered, listen, you don't realize it, but what is happening when you do that is you are positioning yourself to be skipped over by the Spirit when He goes to wanting to manifest Himself through somebody. Because you're... Uh, you're you're wanting to, you know, I mean, what's the purpose of you wanting to hide it? Shame? You don't want people to know your weakness? Guess what? Everybody knows you're weak. Listen, it don't take a rocket scientist to look up here at me and figure out I'm weak when it comes to choices that I make with food. Amen. Some of you that are weak at... at uh, at being temperate, or in other words, you get angry easily. Guess what? You ain't hiding that from nobody. Everybody knows to walk on eggshells around you. We're not stupid. I've gotten up here and I've said, for example, I've said something like Jasmine. I said, Jasmine's left this church 10 million times. You know, at first I think Jasmine might have been upset about that. But it's like, why? Everybody knows you quit the church 20 million times because you put it on Facebook. But you're going to get mad at me when I say it from the pulpit. You know? <laughs> Amen. Some people that will come to church or, or you know, uh, that have come to church and, and I've, I've mentioned things that I've uh, said here at church or uh, things that I've preached here, you know, during revival. But then I've, I've had people listen to me preach in uh, revival somewhere and hear me bring that to someplace else. It's like, why are you saying that? Well, be, uh, to help people. 
See, the Holy Spirit, he's a helper. Amen. He's a comforter. Amen. He's a teacher. We ought to be willing to allow what we're going through in our life to be a ministry and a help to someone else who may be enduring the same thing. You, you know why some people don't? Some people come to church and then they drop off for a while and then it's hard for them to come back. You know why? Because they're ashamed. You know why they're ashamed? Because they think you're living better than they are. They think you're doing better than they're doing. They don't think you're struggling the way that they're struggling. And you know why they don't think you're struggling the way they're struggling? Because you go around telling people, don't tell anybody. You know, it would encourage a whole lot of people. Now, I'm not saying to be naked. But transparency, transparency is a beautiful thing. Because when God starts to use you and people know the difficulties that you're facing in life, come on now. When they know that there's a struggle, you've been, you've been going through something. And they're looking at you, they're like, my God, they're still praising God. They're still pressing in. Well, they're still praying for people. I, I know good and well she's sick. She's still laying hands on the sick. Ted's hobbling around like a, you know, hobbling. And he's still believing God, okay. ministering healing to sick people, ministering Jesus to people. Amen. Amen. I want to encourage you to become a sharer, uh, to share every gift you receive from him. Uh, in fact, the way we get this message to grow in your spirit is to start talking to others about things you learn. You can't do that if you keep being a private person. So as you talk about, uh, as you talk about uh, them, there'll also almost immediately be an increase of knowledge in your own part. And when you talk about these things that are happening in your life, as you give, uh, as you give, you receive. The Bible says that those uh, who water are watered. As you give out, you'll receive back. This is especially true as we study the Word of God. Those who have received the gift should minister the same. This is the desire of my heart. You know, uh, uh, one of the reasons why uh, I've, I've done the why I develop relationships with people, uh, with pastors, with uh, churches. Uh, one of the things I talked to Brother Bally, Doctor Bally, with while he was here, was I talked to him about uh, what my expectation was for him as. Uh, you know, coming and ministering at our church. I was like, you know, I, I'm, I'm loving to have you this Sunday, but, you know, I'm not really interested in having you pass this Sunday if you're not interested in developing some kind of relationship, uh, uh, having some kind of fellowship with me and with this church. Uh, what, what you bring becomes way more valuable when we, can, when we have fellowship and when we can share with one another. You know what? When people can... When people can look into your life and see the gift of God and see when you're in the flesh. I don't know about you, but it when people get in the flesh, it don't discourage me from believing God. I'm not like, oh, what a hypocrite. You know, I look at them people and I'm like, there is a God. And he's a good God. And he's a righteous God. And he's a just God. And he's a loving God. Because look who he uses. You know, when Benny Hinn was rude to me after a service one time, and he didn't act like what I thought a Christian should act like. He didn't act like, uh, he didn't act like someone that I thought who carried a gift like what he had. He didn't act like I thought he should. Man, when I walked away, at first it hurt my feelings. I was in my, I was in my feels because I was in the flesh. 
But after I thought about it for a while, I thought, there's a God. And, and you know, then it started to encourage me because I thought, my God, if he'll use Benny Hinn. And he was a jerk toward me. Then surely he can use me. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And it also, it also put in me, you know, I want to do better than that. I want to do better than that. I, w- I want to be better than that. I want to. So anyway, I told Dr. Malley, I was like, I, I, we, we want, we want, uh, you've, you have, a, you've received a gift. We want you to minister that gift, but we want you to do that in that context of being a sharer, being a, a revealer, letting that the Holy Spirit reveal in you and through you. And I, uh, I, you know, he was cool with that. He's like, amen. That's how I've done things. And um, anyway, we, we had a good talk. So, um, and this is Lester Summerall talking. I've shared these preliminary thoughts relating to the Spirit of God for a specific reason. The deeper I can place uh, the foundations of this truth within you, the stronger your tower of strength will be. And I want, I want it to be very strong. First Corinthians, or Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6 says this. Uh, that we should be able ministers giving life. I would say that the deep purpose of these lessons would be for us to become able ministers of truth, giving life, spiritual life, dynamic life to those whom we come in contact. Boy, that was Brother Valley this week, wasn't it? Wasn't it awesome? Amen. So I'm sure you, you know, you guys have, uh, uh, some of these things have, have, have uh, provoked some things in you. Uh, But anyway, let's look at this. The gifts of the Spirit cannot be earned. They're called gifts uh, to reveal that they can only be obtained, uh, you know, by the Spirit uh, giving them to us. They're given to the church by God. However, this is by no means, uh, this by no means minimizes their importance. These gifts are not optional. The people of the church have missed God in the past by deciding for themselves whether or not they would accept them. The gifts of the Spirit are not a place at the disposal of the church on a take it or leave it proposition. We either take them or we lose what we have. And that's where the church is today. The church has lost its effectiveness. It's lost its influence. It's lost its power because we saw the gifts of the Spirit and taught the gifts of the Spirit as being something that we could take or leave. Listen, if God's offering it, it's our responsibility to receive it. There's no part of the price that Jesus paid on the cross, including the outpouring of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. None of those things are things that we negotiate. If you want to negotiate uh, and and dicker on on what you want, uh, what options you want, and what you want to pay, go to a car lot. But the church is not a car lot where we dicker for what we want. You know, well, I like this, 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 and this. See, that's where what I said on Sunday morning comes into play again, is that the spirit of consumerism has gripped the American church and, and has found a resting place in, the, in, the, in Americanized religion. We have this idea that um, it's up to us what we choose to accept, what we choose to reject, what we choose to embrace, what we choose uh, to resist, um, what, we, uh, what we allow to manifest in our lives and what we will disallow. And, you know, a- amen, you have every... You're right. In the natural, in the flesh, you have every right uh, to resist and to reject what the Spirit of God wants to do. But that doesn't mean it's okay. That doesn't mean that God is okay with that. 
Well, Lord, Lord, he accepts me as I am. Just because he accepts you like you are doesn't mean he likes you the way you are. Doesn't mean that he wants you to stay the way that you are. I love you the way that you are, but there are things I'm expecting and, and, and desire for the Lord to change. I reckon y'all love me the way that I am, but some of y'all have probably prayed for some things that you would, you'd ask the Lord to help me with too. Amen. Uh, my, uh, my, I'm not getting on to you. My face just, you know, y'all remember, my face just makes them faces. My grandmother used to tell me that. I gave people the wrong impression, like I was scolding them or something. That's not, that's not what I'm doing. I, I'm, not, I'm not upset or angry at all. Um, I need to. <laughs> Amen. So, so we, as God's, from now on, if you're a part of Winner's Church, here's what you need to say. Gifts of the Spirit are not uh, an option. The gifts of the Spirit are a requirement. I have got to get to. I have got to get to the place where the Holy Spirit, uh, in my walk with God, where the Holy Spirit is allowed to manifest Himself in and through my life, any any time He wants to. Not just while we're in church, not while just while we're in worship, not just while we're having Bible study, not while we're just doing church stuff, but any time He desires. And listen, I'm going to tell you right now, if you go through life with that in your heart and in your mind, He will invade your life, and He'll invade your life on a regular basis. It won't make you comfortable. Listen, He'll ruin your Christmas party. He'll ruin your Arbon party. He'll ruin your Herbalife party. He'll, he'll ruin your Amway. He'll ruin your, amen. You know, you know what I'm saying? He'll, you know, you, you'll go in to clean a house and he'll, he'll ruin a, 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 a professional client relationship. You know, God cares more about someone's soul than he does you having a client. See, there's some, there's some people, he wants you, he, he, he sent them to your beauty salon, not for you to do their hair, but for you to get them filled with the Holy Ghost, to get them healed, to prophesy over them. And see, some people are like, well, you can't do that. How are you ever going to get a clientele? No, that was a client, but not a client for hairdressing. That was a client that I had to preach the gospel to, amen, or to share a gift of the Spirit with, amen. Boy, imagine someone sitting up in your chair. Tell me. <laughs> Testify. I was bringing you a mic. Nice shirt, Pastor. So um, she had, was sent to me, and um, she had trauma, but she was a believer, but she just is a new believer. And so um, today, the first day, she was just bawling. And we were just talking the word of God, and it was like the word just started. She was like, I feel convicted. I said, no, you're not convicted. The Holy Spirit don't convict. He reveals. <laughs> <laughs> and so we just kept talking about the word, and she seemed, because she was talking. I always hear how people leave their stylists. And so God was showing me how they have trauma. So Long story short, we just kept talking about the word and the principles that we taught. And I kept talking about my church. And my pastor said, oh, my God, I follow him. <laughs> she started following you, pastor. Awesome. And I was like, amen. And so then she was, I invited her to um, our church, friends and family. 
And so what began to happen is the word of God started beginning to deal with her, and she just started crying, but she was releasing, and she was like, ooh, ah. I said, oh, yeah. And then she, we recognized she was born again, but she wanted to be filled. And she said, she started asking me questions. So I was like, God wants you not to be groping around in the dark. And we, she started asking me questions about the spirit and how do you know? She said, you've been talking to me. And it's like, you know. I said, I don't know. It's by the spirit that I right. know. And the, I said, we're teaching on this right now. Mm -hmm. And I just began to tell her how the spirit works. And I told she opened her word app and went through Romans 8. <laughs> and I started having her reading it. <laughs> and she was like, oh, my God. And I, I Somehow, I told her how I received the Holy Spirit, gave her my testimony by eating chicken with Pastor Mike. <laughs> and I said, you know what? As I, <laughs> I really did. And so <laughs> I said, it's That's easy. holy chicken there. <laughs> he didn't even anoint me with the grease. It was yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I said, it was a simple prayer. And I said, do you know it's your covenant right? Oh, yeah. That he wants to lead and guide you? into everything. And so she was like, well, how do I do this? How do I say, we're going to do it right now. Let me just get this knot out. <laughs> You're hate. <laughs> and um, so yesterday, we did it. We did it. We let her, but the whole time, the spirit of God was just mad. It was like, it seemed like it was scripted. Pastor. Come on, Jesus. But it wasn't. And I was just like, oh my gosh. And so I've had to change my mind about everything. And so what you're talking about tonight, it really blessed me because I was like, oh, it happened. Amen. And so she was like, I said, now you know you're going to have to really repent and maybe apologize because I told her, told her about the beta Satan. I told her she needed to get that book. And we talked about discipleship. And so she was like, I need to, ooh. Man, I feel like I've been to church. <laughs> Praise God. She hadn't been going, and we talked about the mask. So she, oh, that's the other thing. She came in wearing a mask. So I put my mask on because I said it's mask friendly. Do you know by the first session, maybe two hours, she took her mask off. I said, girl, I'm taking my mask off. I only had it on for you. <laughs> and we went exactly what she told, like went through the same thing, the why. Why are you wearing a mask? Right. We went through the whole thing where we talked about, and I said, it just revealed so much. I said, but that's what the Holy Spirit does. She's like, you know what? And she works for the city, so if you ever get a ticket. Well, come on, Jesus. She's my favorite. <laughs> Favor ain't fair. But it is right. So she, um, I mean, she just learned so much in that small amount of time. And Praise God. So she took off her mask. She, the next day, she didn't even come with one. I said, well, I ain't putting mine on. So she just got free. She just got free Praise by the, the liberty and the power of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Too, too many times we're unwilling to allow the Spirit of God to interrupt our life. I was just thinking the other day, uh, there used to be a Buick dealership on, um, I, I believe that's, um, let me think, North May, uh, called Gandra Buick. And uh, Lou, Louis, Louis Gandra was the uh, owner of that dealership years ago. And he was a full gospel businessman. And one day he asked me to come and talk to his salespeople. I was a whole 16 years old talking to these men who were working to try to sell cars. 
And he's, he wanted me to come talk to his salesman. I said, but again, what do you want me to tell these guys? He said, follow the leading of the spirit. Do you know it was it was it was back then, and I, I in fact it was it was so it was so it was working in my mind uh, this morning when I woke up. But these men all gathered around a table. These these guys that that, that are car salesmen, the sales manager, the general manager, the owner of the dealership, all of and everybody in between. All these guys are there, and so I start talking to them about the manifestation of the spirit. And I, and I said, you know, I don't know where y'all are at in your spiritual walk, but I do know this. The priority, the, the, the purpose for which God created you takes priority over everything else in your life. God put you here for a reason. And one of the, one of the, one of the things that will reveal to you the reason for which you were created is the, the great commission. Go ye into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. These signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They'll cast out devils. You, you all know the Great Commission. I said, this, this gives us a revelation of the top priority of God for every person born on planet Earth. Do you all realize that? Do you all realize that the highest priority of your life is to fulfill the Great Commission, to be ministers of reconciliation, to lead people to Christ, not only to lead people to Christ in the, in the ways that have been laid out by the church in the past, but to tap into the flow of power that is delivered to the believer through the baptism of the Holy Ghost and through the demonstrations and manifestations of the Holy Spirit. That's how we fulfill the mission. Now, we're in this world, but we're not of this world, which means that we're going to have to do things, whatever we got to do to get through this life. But mind you, the Lord will, uh, he will interrupt your life. And he will give you um, a, a, a certain uh, assignments that require you to get over in that flow. Now listen, if you're, if you're not looking for those things, there... Come on now. You know what? It's like it's like a, they say, uh, again, I did a screen capture of this. I won't be able to find it if I look for it. But I don't remember what they called this. Uh, uh, I know it's in there. I shouldn't, I shouldn't even look. I know it's in there. I, Annie, it's in here. I know it is. It's got to be. It's got to be in here. It's toward the, it's toward the end here. Oh, I'm not a Laura Bryan. <laughs> I got to yeah. I got to have lunch with uh, uh, my best friend from uh, from Ohio. We've best friends since kindergarten. Isn't that crazy? Unbelievable. You're right, baby. I shouldn't even have looked. My goodness. Good night. I know I had it in here. Anyway, um, oh, here it is. Yes. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> Let me read it to you. Behavioral scientists have discovered that we usually see things that we're prepared to see. And, and uh, that this is all centered in a network of nerve cells called, 
reticular, the reticular activating system. In addition, everybody has a reticular activating system. The reticular activating system works like this. Once something has been brought to your attention and we have been prepared to see it, we will see it virtually everywhere we go. For example, if you decide to buy a new car and make up your mind that you're going to buy a certain brand, a certain body style, and a certain color, all of a sudden you will see those cars everywhere. You'll see them on the roads, in TV advertisements, in newspapers, and magazines. They're everywhere. Now, what's happened? They were always there, but the moment you were prepared to see them, your, your reticular activating system kicked in, and suddenly you saw them everywhere. It happens in other areas of life, too. We see what we're prepared to see. If we're prepared to see doom and gloom, that is what we will see. If, on the other hand, we have prepared ourselves to see sunshine and lollipops, <laughs> rainbows and, <laughs> no, and opportunities, then that's what we're going to see. So you get, what, you get what you fear. We are taught about these things, and, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So when, let's, just, let's just move that over to the gifts of the Spirit. Many, many of us, we're like, well, I've never seen these things. Because you never looked for it. Because you never created a, a place in your life where it became a priority. Where you understood that the priority of God in your life was that you operate and flow in the Spirit. Was that you be a manifester of the Holy... Amen. Okay. That you be a manifester of the Holy Ghost. Now go to the book of, of 1 Corinthians. Run there real quick. Chapter 12. So... <clears throat> Hallelujah. So we need to we need to get over there where where we where we try. Amen. We need to amen. We need to train our minds. We need to train our minds to let God think through us. And here's here's what I mean by that. God Glory to God. God is a spirit, right? God's a spirit. Just, just get over there in 1 Corinthians 12. We're, I promise we're going to read this. God is a spirit. And so the, Jesus, said, Jesus said that. God is a spirit. They that worship him must worship the spirit of truth. So when God talks, God don't talk to us. God, God, um, God has vocal cords, but his voice isn't heard in the realm of the natural when he's, you know, when he's speaking to it. Because God is a spirit. Now, can God make his voice heard in the natural? Absolutely. We, we know through scripture that he spoke audibly to Paul on the Damascus Road. The Bible says not only did Paul hear the voice of the Lord, but those that were traveling with him heard the voice of the Lord when he fell to the ground. Is that right? So God can and does and has and possibly at some time in the future in your life, he might speak audibly to you where you hear him, where he creates a sound wave that hits your ears and but here's what you need to understand. When God is talking to you, no matter whether, it, whether, whether it's audibly, whether it is through the gifts of, 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 of uh, ministry gifts, uh, through pro some prophetic utterance, whether it's through the preaching of the word, uh, no matter how it is that he talks to you, he's always communicating with you to your spirit. That, whatever he speaks, that's where he's trying to communicate with you at. He's trying to hit you in the innermost part of your being. Amen. Oh, yeah. Glory to God. Amen. 
So, when, when we say, let God think through us, well, God's not trying to think through your head. God's trying to get his thoughts and his, and his word and his revelations through your spirit. And so when these things hit you in your spirit, well, then once they get in your spirit, for your mind to be fruitful, you have to be, you, you have to let your spirit train your mind. You know, you know what we've taught people in the church to do? We've taught people ha to have their mind train their spirit. And your mind doesn't have the capacity and the ability and what is necessary to train your spirit. Because when your mind looks at these verses of scripture, it can't see everything that they say. It can't comprehend everything that they're trying to get across to you. Now, I know I'm not trying to make this... Um, I'm not trying to make this like super duper, ooh. But this, these, are the, these are the things of the Spirit. This is the Spirit-filled, spirit Spirit-led life. When you, many of you, the reason why you keep running into dead ends and you keep running in, uh, getting your, your life ends up in the ditch is because you're trying to govern, you're trying to run this race governed by your, by your natural thinking. Well, you know, I'm, I'm trying to do what the Bible says Here's the thing, you can't even really know what the Word of God is, is saying to you till, till you get a revelation of it in your spirit. Amen. So we've, we've, got to, we've got to learn how to let our spirit train our mind. Well, how do you do that, right? How do you do that? Well, number one, by developing the ability to pay attention to your spirit. Okay, Brother Ziggy, how do we do that? Uh, by listening. Number, number one, just listen. You know, you know what you do? You just got to direct your attention in, in that way to, to the spirit. You say, how do you do that? Well, you, you do it on purpose, intentionally. So here's the thing. If you got to go like this, even though you're not trying to hear something in the natural, you're trying to hear something in the spirit. But if you're, if you're wanting to, if you're, if, here's, here's how I do. I'd be like, Lord, it's my desire to hear what your spirit is saying for my spirit to train my mind, for you to lead and guide me and direct me. And all these things we've been talking about. So now I know that your word says I have an ear to hear what the spirit is saying. That, my, that your sheep hear your voice. So now I'm listening. Just that action. You know what you're doing through that action? That, that, through that action you're saying I'm going to listen. You're, you're just doing something. You know, you know how Pastor, Pastor Mikey and other people, when they'd preach, they'd say, let's do a prophetic gesture. Let's do something, you know, stir up. Y'all do this, stir up, stir up. And, we, and we, you know, everybody would, you know, f follow suit. We would stir up. You know what, you're not really stirring. You know, you, do you know you're not really stirring anything by doing that? You know what you're doing? You're, you're, you're activating something in you. You're going through motions. The motion in the natural isn't what, what is really doing it, but it's starting to get things connected. So that you can better, uh, so you can better connect with those parts of your life. Amen. Do you, do you understand what that is? So, so let's 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 let our spirit, and let's let the let's let God's spirit train us in our minds. Now look, let's look what this says. First Corinthians chapter twelve. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I'd not have you ignorant. Of course, we know He doesn't want us. Ignorant concerning the things of the Spirit. You know that you were Gentiles carried away under these dumb idols. Even he's, and he's trying to communicate something to them. You're not serving a God that is mute. You're not serving a God that doesn't speak. 
You're serving a speaking God. That's, he didn't mean dumb like stupid. I used to think that's what that scripture meant. When he says, can, can we read this in English? Want me to read this in English standard? Would it help you if we read it in a different version? Anybody? All right. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols. However you were led. Therefore, and this, look, look what he says. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking by the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of services, but the same Lord. There are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. Look what verse 7 says. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit. Now I just want, well, for the common good. But what I want you to really, what I want you to really concentrate and think about is to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit. Who is to... Who is to each? It's everybody. That's not me because, you know, I, I love Jesus, but I drink a little. Here, listen. Will, will drinking hinder you from being able to hear the Spirit? Yeah, only because of all your guilt. Amen. Will all your sleeping around keep, keep the Spirit of God from working in your life? No, Spirit of God will work in your life and will work in your life to break you free from, you know, uh, from a, 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 a sexual, a spirit of sexual perversion or whatever. From fornicating, from promiscuity, whatever. But, but here's the thing. God's Spirit has to, to work. You, you haven't had any success at, at, at reeling it in. But you say, but, but man, it's hard for me to hear from God. Yeah, because of your own guilt. Not because God's withholding anything from you, but because you feel guilty. So what we have to, what we have to do is we have to let our spirit train our mind. We have to let our spirit train our flesh. We have to let our spirit train us in the things of God. You know what your spirit will do when you're when you're messing up when you're just, your spirit will tell off on you and say don't do that. But you know there have been times I've done really stupid stuff, sinned and got in the flesh, and not moments after I got in the flesh, the Lord had me ministering healing to someone who was sick, or preaching the gospel to someone who was lost. Or laying hands on someone. You know, some of y'all have called me when I was sticking uh, the, the last piece of a donut that I know, knew good and well I shouldn't have ate down my pie hole. And I could have sat, I could have sat at the other end of that phone being like, I'm not really worthy to minister to you right now. Can you call me back in about, can you call me back later tonight after I pray through? Some, some husbands and wives, they go to fussing. And some of them won't come to church if they're fussing. Week before last, Annie and I were fussing before we came to church. 
<clears throat> Guess what? We didn't resolve our differences before I got up here and preached. You know when? You know what day it was? On the day that I thought I talked about the marriage covenant. Did, did, me, did her and I fussing change the truth of God's word concerning me? How many of y'all got blessed with the word about marriage covenant? How many of y'all got helped you with that? How many of y'all, the spirit, it was the spirit of God, you were like, guess what? God don't care whether you fussing. His word's true regardless of whether you're fussing. Hey, you know, you know what? I didn't get up here feeling guilty that we were fussing and I'm talking about the marriage covenant. I'm like, this is true. Was that covenant in, in its uh, brightest moment in pastor's relationship in that moment? No, it wasn't our bright, shining moment. And, I, and I'll be honest with you. We don't, we don't come here and play. We, we, we weren't putting on masks. We was, Annie wasn't putting on no masks. She wasn't, she's like, I ain't talking to you before church. You get up there and you do what you got to do. I'm like, believe me, I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm just going to preach the word. We're just going to do. We're going to do this. Amen. <laughs> of course, she loves it when I, you know, every about every eight hours, I'm like, "You finished yet?" <laughs> that don't help. That don't help. <laughs> she be wanting to fight. I'm like, "I'm not going to fight. You can fight all you want to. Let me know when you're done." She don't like that. She, that don't help. <laughs> but anyhow, it don't it don't change. But see, that's 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 some of what we've got to overcome, because that's that's what trips some of us up. You know what? It's not that you think it's sin. It's not this. It's not the sin and God's displeasure with the sin that 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 trips you up. It's your guilt. It's your guilt. And an inability on our part to allow God's spirit to train us and to teach us the mind of God. You know, God's spirit will roll in and train you how to, how to, how to get past uh, personal uh, uh, difficulties and, 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 and amen, personal shortcomings. Listen, he, he'll, he'll help you. You know, the devil, the devil will be frustrated with you. In, in fact, he won't even like coming around you. Satan will assign imps to attack you, and they'll be like, do I have to go and attack them? Are you really assigning me? Can, how many of y'all have ever been given an assignment you don't like? How many of you would love that every devil that was assigned to you dreaded having to try to come and mess you up? Uh, that, that's the way I assume every demon is that is assigned to me. I just assume that I wreak havoc in every devil that ever gets assigned to me because I discourage them. I frustrate them because I mess up and I get back up and I believe God and I trust the word of God over, over my feelings of guilt, over my carnal ideas, over my carnal thinking. You know what? I, my covenant with God and the love that he has for me is greater than any shortcoming that I might face in my life. 
If he loved me enough to die for me while I was a sinner, then I reckon that in my attempt to live for him, I'm already doing exponentially better than when he fell in love with me. Come on, somebody. Amen. Who's the prophet that married the prostitute? Do you remember? It was Nehemiah. Was it Nehemiah? No. I can't even remember. Hosea, thank you. Dude. <laughs> and it's like, I will not quit. I will not be moved. What a great story. You know what? Go and review the story of Hosea. Dude, dude Mary's a prostitute. <laughs> you know what that is a picture of, right? Us and our marriage to him. She went back. She even went back. And, he, and he's the prophet of God. What a lesson. What a lesson. Amen. But see that, I, I know, I know somebody's saying, but Pastor, I thought we was going to talk about gifts of the Spirit. Well, I, I don't want to just talk about gifts because we'll talk about them and then you won't do them. So we want to talk about not only gifts of the Spirit, we want to talk about the ministry of the Spirit. Part of the ministry of the Spirit is ministering to you to persuade you that he's got this for you. Amen. I, if, if I, you get a phone call from me and, and, and you're having to shush everybody from having a party, shh, shh, you people partying in your house, shh, my pastor's calling everybody, be quiet. <laughs> Praise the Lord, hello. <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> in no way, listen, in no way am I justifying sin. If you, have a, if you have a problem with addiction, I think we need to, we need to discover how to get you to overcome that addiction. But, you, but I'm going to tell you, the one, the one thing that's going to get you over there past that addiction before anything else is understanding these principles, learning these principles, learning these things about the Spirit, about Him working in your life, about Him manifesting. See, the manifestations of the Spirit are through you for others, but they will minister to you. What does the Bible say about the anointing? The anointing removes burdens and destroys yokes. Well, when, when you're, how many of you know that when you function in the gifts of the Spirit, when the Holy Ghost manifests himself through you, he comes and he anoints you. In that moment, the anointing is in manifestation. Well, you know what that, you know what that anointing does? It removes burdens and it destroys yokes. Not only in the hearers, but in the, those that deliver the word as well. Well, I've overcome more by preaching the gospel and ministering in the spirit than I, than I ever did by sitting on the sideline waiting, feeling guilty. Amen. Now, don't, don't go around saying, you know, I'm a hoe and proud. Don't be, no. 
don't be, no, we're not going to do that. There's a, there's a pastor somewhere in California who's an adult film star and a stripper and all that. Yes, I came across a, a, a news article, and I'm, ta I'm talking about they got a whole thing. They, they, no, in Vegas. And they're like, yeah, I work in the, the adult film industry, and I'm a pastor. That's not what I'm talking about. You're, the, the, there you're practicing sin. You're not practicing sin when you're like, man, I shouldn't be doing it. Amen. All right. Does that make sense? Now there, it says, so, that, so it says, uh, hallelujah. To each, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit. So, why do he give you the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good? It's going to help you. Amen. So, let's look at the gifts. Now, let's jump in. We're, we're finally, I think, back to where I was when, when uh, I was talking about this. So, the gifts of the Spirit are divine communications transmitted from the Holy Trinity through the channel of the, of the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, to the church, the body of the Lord Jesus Christ upon the earth. The number of divine perfection is three. Y'all heard, we, we already covered this, right? The, uh, the, the number of divine perfection is, is three. Everything in the universe that is stamped with perfection is stamped with that three. There is the threefold nature of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. For there are, in this First John 5, 7, <clears throat> 5, 7, for there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. Uh, there is the threefold nature of man, spirit, soul, body, 1 Thessalonians 5.23, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray, uh, God, your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. You'll notice as well the mark of divine perfection in the gifts of the spirit. They divide themselves naturally and spiritually into three primary categories. Revelation gifts, power gifts, and uh, what he calls inspiration gifts. Some people call them vocal gifts. Within each of the three categories, there are three uh, subgroups. So you have nine gifts, three plus three plus three. Perfection times perfection, or perfection plus perfection plus perfection. So no matter how you choose to look at it, it's absolute perfection. What God gave us was perfect. You don't need to add to it or take away from it. In fact, if you take away from it, then it becomes imperfect. Which is why I'm, I'm teaching you in this way. Jess, when you, I think when you came, and I don't know, I don't know where you're at, but when you came to this church, I'm not sure where you, where you, you know, where your mind was concerning the gifts of the Spirit or the manifestations of the Spirit or how that ought to happen. I think we talked about it a little bit. Um, early on when we started this, you kind of shared where you were at in uh, baptism in the Holy Ghost. But you know what? You know what? When, when Jess came, um, it was important for me as a pastor to communicate to Jess in, in, uh, the, in, the, uh, in the kindest way possible. That it's, you're not, we we love you and we love that you're so quiet and that you're so soft-spoken and so 
loving and you're such a great example of what most, you know, when people see you, they fall in love with you. You, you talk to them, Jess, I'm telling you, you don't, maybe you don't know this. Uh, people see you, they talk with you and they're just like, I just love her. She is so awesome. You, know, you don't know how many people that come to this church that have never been, that when, when they leave, they say, who's that, who's that one, you know, girl? She looked like she's Indian or Hispanic and she's, you know, that thin girl, uh, you know, with that guy in the back. That... I'm like, Jess? Yes, Jess. She's just so precious. Boy, I just really, I really love her. And you know what? Just, just in Jess's nature, uh, all, all that nature all by itself, is an example of Christianity, but it's not a full example. And so as the pastor of this church, it was my responsibility in the most loving way possible to say, Jess, you're doing good, but there's so much more you haven't discovered. Because if, if in addition to having love and sharing that love of God and sharing, you know, Jesus said that uh, they would know we were disciples uh, in that we would love one another, that we were his disciples in that we loved one another. But you know what? Um, that isn't the uh, only thing because faith works by love. If you're really loving, then it'll activate faith. And if it activates faith, then faith will activate all these things we're talking about because faith, you know, uh, faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. And if you're a hearer of the word of God, then the Bible says you need to be a doer. See, it all starts to connect. Then you need to be a doer of the word of God. Can I, can I tell you something? How many, how many of you have ever, how many of you have ever, oh man, I'm getting away from this again. Every time I, every time I step up and I start pulling the chair away or I start coming forward, it means I'm, I'm departing from where we're at. So, so these things are perfection, right? That's what, the, that's what it said, right? These things are perfection. Three, 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 three. Okay, let me ask you a question. Have there ever been a time in your walk with God that you were going through difficulty and couldn't identify where that difficulty was coming from? For example, let's say this. For example, you come to church and you just couldn't feel the presence of God. Or you had trouble with jealousy, envy, anger, offense, something like that. Now, if God is perfect, and his word is true. If we're having these issues in our life, then don't you believe that he has an answer for those issues? Now, here's, here's, what, here's what some people will do. And I, I, believe me, I, I, this is not just one person. I've heard this from several people. You know what? I just, I love everybody else, but nobody loves me the way I love them. Here's the thing, that second part of your statement just nullified the first part of your statement. In, in other words, what we do is sometimes we believe a lie. Sometimes we believe that we're doing something that we're not doing. For example, loving, like, like for, let's just take love. 
you know what? I'm, I'm exercising. I'm walking in love and no one else is loving like I love. And man, it just really hurts. And I really feel a burden for the church because I'm such a loving person and no one else will love like me. And, 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 and you know, so we, we get into this uh, whole deal. But then every assumption that we have about people is negative. Well, you know, they're not really friendly. Well, they're not really a Christian. If they were a Christian, then they would treat me better. Well, you, in, one, in one breath, you said you love everybody, that you're walking in the love of God. But then you find out as someone begins to, you do realize that you can't love and carry offense at the same time, right? So if you believe that you're loving people and you're carrying an offense, you're angry or you have these things, you're not really, you're, you're not, you're, 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 you're not walking in love. Now, you know what? I know that hurts. And, and if you already feel hurt, you're in such a delicate position. You know, some people get in a cycle where they've been injured and they've been hurt. And then, you know, to have someone turn around and tell them, well, you're the problem. Some people are like, how can you say that? I pray every day. You know, I've met people that prayed every day that, that didn't love like they need to love. Well, how do you know they don't love people? Maybe they love people. and Because love is patient. And love is kind. And love takes no thought for itself. In other words, love isn't selfish. Love doesn't look for its own way. But love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never, love never fails. So you know what, when you're, when you're, so let's just say this, when you're failing, when there's some area of failure, check your love walk. So we got to, we got to identify we got, we've got to we've got to be we've got to not be so delicate and so sensitive that we can't look inward to identify where our hangups and where our difficulties are. You get it? There are too many people in the church that are so that are so sensitive. The other thing you have to take into consideration is if you're angry with people or mad at people or you have difficulties in your life. If you're you know what, Pastor Annie. If she's angry with me, probably for her to come up in the church and hear thus says the Lord, you know, she's going to have to kind of really be sensitive about whether or not she needs to bring that thus says the Lord. Because that thus says the Lord might be, you know, Lord says the men of this church need to straighten up. <laughs> for the word declares... Husbands, love your wife. Does Christ love the church? And yay, this church sucks because men aren't loving their wives. You know, they're, they're, amen. We had a lady attended church here. She's a wonderful, wonderful lady. Uh, but whenever she would get into, into mischief, I could always tell. Because when she wasn't in mischief, she would flow so freely in the spirit and was such a blessing. But then when she was into mischief, if I handed her the microphone, with an expectation that she would flow. She'd be like, we just really need to repent right now. It's like, no, you need to repent. We, we're fine, you know. 
I know you're struggling. You should have been out partying last night. You, you should have anticipated you might be handed a microphone. You understand? <laughs> Just because you went to Texas didn't mean it wasn't sin. <laughs> you know, even if you leave the state, it don't make it different. <laughs> Some people are like, I'm going to Mardi Gras. Amen. Amen. <laughs> when, you, when, you find, when you find an area in your life that's difficult, don't back away from it. Press in and lean into the Spirit to find out how to get around or how to get over or how to get under or how to get past, how to get victory over those things. Don't, don't get stopped there. Don't, don't just wait there uh, for, you know, for a... Uh, um, you know, some sort of uh, revelation, whatever. But press in, really lean into the Lord. Amen. And, and expect that God's going to give you answers. Oh, yeah. Amen. When, when, all, when, when you perceive that everything is negative, when you perceive that uh, other people are out there, you know what? When you perceive that, well, no, don't nobody want to talk to me. You know, everything you're going to hear about people is going to be motivated by that right there. So even if the Spirit of God tries to use you, he may not be able to get the right stuff out of you because, oh, dear Jesus. One time I was over in Anadarko. There was a man. He'd come to the services many times. I never had a word for him. I'd had interactions with him. And he was... he. Uh, he claimed to be wealthy. I'm pretty sure he probably was. I, I wouldn't. You wouldn't know it by what he gave. You know what I'm saying? Anything like that, or by anything that he did. Uh, I think he he had, he uh, had a lot of money somewhere. But anyway, uh, he was he was real ugly toward the pastor at times. He would say things. We'd have a, a lunch or something. He'd be sitting there and he'd say something real carnal, real stupid. And I let that get in my head. And so when I would get up to preach. I never even tried to hear a word for that guy. Because you know what? In my mind, there's no way he could do anything for the Lord. That dude's a lover of money. You, you, don't, you, know, you don't love Jesus enough. You know, just mind things. So when I would look at him, I never saw nothing. I, I never saw nothing positive. And then one night during a revival, six or seven years after I'd been preaching in that church, I got way caught up in the spirit. And one night, while I was in the spirit, I looked at him, and I, he was glowing. I was like, before I even knew what I was doing, I called him, hey, Lord has something for you. And then out of my belly began to flow this word. The most beautiful, wonderful, positive. Do you know when the Lord had me call him? And now, I knew this guy was a rascal in some areas of his life. I knew there were things he had to fix. But do you know God didn't have not one word to say to him about that? But I know people that look at people and all they can ever see is they got a bad, I see a dark cloud around them. I had a dream that they were engulfed in a shadow. I had a vision and a black cloud followed them around. Well, when all you see is negative, 
It has, it has to do with these things that you're going through in life. Amen. All right. Praise the Lord. I, I really thought I was going to get deeper into something else, but anyhow. So perfection. These things are, you can expect that when you allow the gifts of the Spirit to start working in your life, and when you allow the Spirit of God to be, begin to work in you, that it's, He's going to work issues out in you. That the issues that you faced are going to be worked out in you. Because if, if these gifts, if, if, these, these are the, if this is perfection, and this is what God is manifesting through you, then you can expect your life to be made more perfect by these operations of the Spirit, these manifestations of the Spirit functioning through you. Amen. If, let me tell you this, if you have manifestations and it's not working that stuff out in you, it's not the right Spirit. Turn someone's on, be careful. Still got to be careful. Amen. You guys have any questions? Any questions? What do I mean by what? You know, you could be functioning in your own human spirit. Don't assume, I've, I've told you all this before. Some people, don't, obviously there's people that don't listen to this. Um, every one of you should be having revelations. Now, if, you do, if you're not having revelations, that's not for you to go, well, what's wrong with me? Maybe you need to ask that question, but don't, get, don't feel bad about it. Just, here's the thing. Some of you ought to be, some of you, for example, some of you ought to be uh, going through your day and something happened that you knew was coming. Man, I knew that. I was praying this morning and I knew that was going to happen. But here's what you got to be careful of. Don't think of yourself high because that happened to you. That ought to happen to every believer. Because the Bible says everyone, every one of us that has the Spirit, He'll show us things to come. So if you see something, you know what, I'll, I'll tell you this. I didn't see this because I was a prophet. One time I was praying, and when I was praying, I saw a television newscaster. They were talking, and they were talking about how the police were getting these kids out of a school. And I saw all these kids running out of the school. And, and the Lord was telling me that revival was, revival was coming. You know, when I saw these kids being hauled out of the school, they were, be putting on a, they were being put on a bus by police officers. And when I saw them being put on the bus by police officers... Um, I assumed that these kids were getting arrested for uh, preaching the gospel and for manifest, manifesting the spirit. And so, I, in fact, the next time I had a meeting, I told people, I said, I believe I saw something in my spirit. I saw a vision, and, um, and I told them what I saw in the vision. I said, I believe that some of our young people are going to be arrested because revival is going to break out in their schools. They're going to be arrested for preaching the gospel and demonstrating the Holy Ghost. It's good. You know, about... About three weeks after I saw that, I was watching the news, a newscaster came on, and the very picture that I had seen in the vision came on the television. You know what it was? Columbine. You know what had happened? The Holy Spirit showed me things to come. Do you know what, you know what that vision didn't mean? What I thought it meant. Now, do you know, do you know where that originated? That thought that that originated in my spirit. 
by the Holy Spirit. But I didn't know squat about what he, because you know what? It wasn't, it wasn't something that, it was a revelation, but it wasn't something, it was something God put on display, but it wasn't something he was giving me any interpretation for. So when, when that happens, that ought to happen to you regularly. When y'all come to church and you tell me, Pastor, I had this vision and I saw this in my spirit. What does it mean? You know, sometimes I want to tell you, if you don't know what it means, leave it alone. Don't even mess with it. Why are you even messing with it? I saw a demon. I saw a demon over the church. Well, what does that mean? I don't know. Well, then shut up about it. Don't go spreading every terror body. There's a demon over the church. Because you don't really know what that means. You know, one guy called me one time, a pastor, he called me one time when we first, first started this church. He called me, he said, I had a dream about you, and I'm very concerned about you. I was like, what do you mean? He said, well, in this dream, you were in your underwear, and you were on this table, this, uh, and all the women, uh, he said, I think they were your church, women in your church, they was reaching at you and grabbing at you, and you were there, and you weren't really stopping them. You were just kind of laying there. I was like, so what are you trying to say? He, I was like, what are you trying to, I was like, what are you trying to say? He says, I don't know. He says, but whatever you got going on over there, you know, I said, listen, um, you know, if you heard, you heard this, but it don't mean you're going to know what it means. But at that time, y'all remember that one lady that came to this church and uh, she came from Newcastle and she was talking, uh, she was going to, she was going to the graveyard and talking to dead people and they were telling her the word of the Lord and. She had uh, told Pastor uh, over at uh, over at Newcastle that his wife wasn't supposed to be his wife. She was supposed to be his wife, and she is supposed to divorce uh, his wife and marry her. And anybody remember any of that? That went on. Maybe, 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 yeah, you were there. Maybe you'll remember this. She started sending out Facebook messages to everybody in the church, talking about how Pastor Mikey and I were homosexuals, or uh, that uh, Pastor Mikey was having an affair with Christy Aquino, and uh, this and that and the other. And it's just all kinds of craziness. And that's what, that's what that vision was, that's what that guy's vision was about. But he didn't know that. So you know what he thought? He made a wrong assumption. You know probably why that wrong assumption was made? Because he had things in his mind he shouldn't have had in his mind. See, when you let, when you let God think thoughts through you, you know what you do when stuff like that comes? You don't make assumptions. You, you, you know, you do, you go, hmm, that's interesting. And if the Spirit, then if the Spirit tells you, go ye and tell them. Then instead of telling them with us, now, now, hear, now hear me, because perfection works in the Spirit. Maybe I'm not communicating. We're, we're talking about the Spirit, right? The gifts of the Spirit. Are, are, are you all still with me? Am I, am, I, am I talking crazy here? Well, is what I'm saying making sense? Because we're talking about the Spirit being perfect and His work being perfect. When we lean into the Spirit, guess what? All that stuff that puts ambiguity and puts a veil over these things, all that's removed. 
Now all of a sudden, you know what? God, when God talks to you, now all of a sudden you don't make you don't make assumptions. You know why you don't make assumptions? Because you don't have a bunch of negativity going through your head. Because you don't have a bunch of bitterness you're wrestling with. Because when you come to church to worship, you actually enter into worship. You don't come and be like, I don't know why, but there's something in that atmosphere. No, there's something in the atmosphere of your life. <laughs> Fix it. Just because you feel like you're on a toilet constipated doesn't mean everybody in the building feels the same way. Believe me, there have been times I've been up preaching and thought, boy, that was, that was a stinker. Only to have everybody call me that afternoon and say, man, I really needed that word. That was straight from heaven. Man, that was, a, that was an on fire word. I was really. So what I mean by it's another spirit besides the spirit of God is sometimes your human spirit. Because your human spirit is one with the spirit. Will show you things to just show you things to come. Do you know there, were, there are times that at Christmas time I looked under the tree a Christmas tree, and and one of my one of my kids or my wife make a comment. You'll never guess what we. They should have never said that. You'll never guess what we got you. And then all of a sudden, it come out of my spirit what it was. I see a picture of it. I'm like, oh, that's a this. And then they're angry with me for two weeks. I wasn't trying to hear that. That's not that's not a uh, a sign of. Spirit. Spiritual paralysis. It's not. It's not like I'm flexing about her. Watch me. Watch me. I know things. I don't give a rip if you know things. The only thing that knowing things does for most people is makes them dangerous to the rest of the body. They're like a little time bomb looking for somewhere to blow up, going somewhere to destroy something because they don't know what they got. But see, when it's the Spirit of God, almost every time it's the Spirit of God. Do you know, you know in 30-something years of ministry, you know how many times God has, has given me a word to give someone that was about negativity or something they were doing wrong or something that they needed fixed? I can count on one hand in 37 years. On one hand. And I prophesied over people that were in heaven. I prophesied over a pastor who was having an adulterous affair with his youth pastor, his wife. And for 20 minutes, I prophesied over him the, the best word you ever heard in your life, knowing that he was off in some kind of mischief. But God wasn't telling me to tell him what mischief he was in. The only thing I can determine is that God, that he already knew what mischief he was in. He didn't need to hear it from me. You know what he, but you know what he did need to hear? God has a plan for your life. God has a blessing for you. God's blessing for you will deliver you out of your trouble will bring you so far away from this that it'll be like a bad dream. But if you're, if you're willing to get over there and get in your feels and allow what you're, what you're struggling with to, uh, to determine the direction of the things that you see, then you'll start entertaining an evil spirit. And the devil will begin to use you to sow, sow discord among the brethren and to bring destruction into the lives of other believers.
God's word, even if it's a hard word or what some people consider to be negative, will always edify. You say, what do you mean by that, Pastor? Um, are we, am I helping anybody yet? Mm, we didn't get far. Here's what I mean by that. One guy in Florida, we went to the Waffle House to eat after church one night. And the cook at, at the Waffle House was giving the waitress nightmares. He was being mean. He was, he was giving her trouble. And it was irritating to me. Irritating to Ted. I was like, boy, that guy just needs to quit. Well, when I was, I'm, I'm, I'm not, far be it for me to butt in. I'm not the manager of Waffle House. Not a stockholder or anything. <laughs> if I'd have been a stockholder, maybe I'd have said something. But after a minute, he delivers, he has her deliver our food. Well, my hash browns were burned. They were burned, they were, they weren't exactly burned, but they were crisper. They were, they were extra crispy. At that time, I didn't like them that way. They were pretty bad. And so I was like, you can send that, send that back. I ain't eating that. That's not. And the guy says, those are fine. That's the way I cook them. I said, I don't care how you cook them. That's not how I eat them. And then all of a sudden, something came up in me. <laughs> I almost said something crazy. Anyway, <laughs> something came <laughs> Some came rolling up in me. Now, hear, hear me. I'm not, ju I'm not justifying myself in any way because I know the end result. Out of, out of me, I said, I said, you know what? You ain't working for you right now. You're working for me. I'm, a, I'm paying to have my food cooked here. You... I didn't ask you to give all chef-like. Like, this is this Waffle House. <laughs> Scattered, covered, chucked, diced, capped. That's how I want them. And I don't want them burned. And I want them eggs over medium. I just want the yolk runny. I don't want runny whites. I don't want hard yellows. That, that's the way I ordered this. I said, dude, if you can't do your job... I said, obviously seem like you're not happy with your job. If you're not happy with your job, quit. If you don't like what you're doing, go do something else. But while you're here right now, do what I'm asking you to do. I didn't go to school for this. I said, don't cry while I'm paying you. It's not my fault you're working at the Waffle If you went to school and you ended up at the Waffle House, that's your problem. Work it out after I'm gone. I want my all-star sampler. You understand what I'm saying? I'm hungry. I said, here's the deal. You know what? You need to change your attitude. You might be able to talk to her that way, but you ain't talking to me that way. Do your job. Do it right. Do it with some pride. I mean, this is where you're at. If you can't get past here, you ain't going nowhere else. And then we sat. Thank God we could watch him cook it. Because it might have come with a little something, something in there. Now, you know what? Some people, if I had been around some people, some people would have been like, Pastor. But you know what? There's no malice. There was no malice. That, 
you say, did that come out of your spirit? I'm, I'm going to tell you something. It came out of my spirit. I, I, I can't explain it to you. It came out of my spirit. Now, we left there. We ate. He finally brought it. I said, now that's, I said, good job. A plus. I said, see there? Now, I said, now you have something you can be proud of and feel good about. You did something here. That's a part of why you're miserable because you don't recognize when you've done. This is this, not doing your thing, doing something that people you're, you're, what you're expected to do. Go ahead, man. We ate and then we headed to the hotel. Well, when we got to the hotel, the Lord said, "Send him an offering." I can't remember what I gave him. Ted, was it twenty? Was that all? Man, I'm embarrassed. Anyway, so I sent Ted with the offering over there to him. When Ted went back, he found the guy in the back crying. Ted put his arm around him, said, hey, Pastor Ziggy, he came in here. You know, I said some other stuff, too, had to do with church. While I'm, you know, seemingly berating him, it seemed that way. And, of course, we were the only ones in there. But Ted gave him that 20, and he knew I was a minister. Probably not like any other ministry he'd ever talked to. And Ted said, hey, listen, he said, Pastor Ziggy, he loves you. He sent me here to give you this offering. He wanted to be a blessing to you. And then he told him this. He, he said, uh, well, anyway, Ted talked with him for a few minutes, ended up leading him to Christ. Ended up the get, dude, did he end up getting filled with the Spirit? And that was the testimony. And the guy, the guy got his heart right with the Lord. Now, see, those are, those are results. That get, now, you say, was it edifying? Yeah, it was edifying. God's word, it may not seem like it's edifying in the moment. I told you about that kid was sitting in a meeting. That came out of my spirit. That kid had his feet propped up with a magazine in his hand, did that through the whole of worship, just sitting there in church. And Mama sitting right there next to him. She just let him do it. I started preaching. When I started preaching, in defiance of what I was doing, he'd sit there. And I told him, uh, I said, if you don't put that away, you're going to have to have that magazine surgically removed from your backside. I'm going to shove it so far up your nose. I said, put it away now. He put it away. His mother was offended. But you know what? He ended up getting saved in the car on the way home. Because the Spirit of God was in what I was doing. Amen. Went to their church, and his mother got up and had to testify. I was wrong. My son ended up getting straight. He told me in the car, Mama, that's what I needed to hear. How'd you like to leave a meeting offended because the preacher said something to your kid, and your kid from the back seat says, I've been waiting for somebody to straighten me out for a while. I need to get my life right with God. I can tell you the times that that happened over, and it didn't seem, which is why, which is why we got to be spirit-led. Now, how can you identify whether it was spirit-led? Well, if what you say splits a church, that probably wasn't spirit-led. <laughs> if what you say sows discord among the brethren. What you're telling people cause people to question uh, other people's Christianity, other people's faith. Go ahead, 
You know, I've seen some of you go through a lot. I've never questioned whether or not you were saved. Oh, there have been a couple. But they're not here anymore. <laughs> so it turned out, I mean. <laughs> but if, if, if we lean over toward the, if we always lean over toward what is negative, what doesn't cause, what doesn't cause edification, perfection, what doesn't bring us into the presence of God. Listen, if you're coming to church, listen to me, if you're coming to church and you feel worse at church than you do at home, there's not something wrong in church. There's something wrong in you. Well, you're not ministering to everybody's needs, and we never will. Impossible. Impossible. We're, we're not going to be able to do that. But God can. And if you'll press in and let the Spirit of God work, amen. Why am I, why am I keep getting on this part? this. Does this help anybody at all? Any other questions? I know I've gone over. Any of you have a question about covenant, marriage, covenant relations? <laughs> Pastor Annie is awesome. She's awesome. You know, I, I talked on the phone with someone yesterday. <laughs> I'm just kidding, man. Well, it kind of it kind, <laughs> wasn't out of my spirit. It wasn't out of my spirit. <laughs> I rebuked somebody, but it wasn't in the spirit. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't necessarily in the flesh either. <laughs> uh, well, no, you know, if, like if I go buy a car, if you're going to sell me a car, do not be pushy with me. If I'm going to buy a car, I'm going to buy a car. If I'm not going to buy a car, I'm not going to buy a car. You'll be the first to know if I'm going to buy a car. But if you want a hard, you want to do a hard sale, you want to press on me, it's over. <laughs> I will travel across the country to go someplace else and then drive by your house. <laughs> hey, if you want to start a, a successful conversation with me, don't let the first words out of your mouth be, Was it? Mary Annie. Did you know Mary? Listen, if you want to start a conversation with me, don't let it be the first words out of your mouth. Do you know Mary Ann's not happy? Because I'm going to be like, number one, how do you know Mary Ann? And how do you know her well enough to know whether or not she's happy? We need to have a talk, me and her, about our marriage covenant or something. <laughs> yeah, that conversation. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, some people, they want to try to sell you stuff, and they want to try to sell you based on, you know, whether or not you're happy. You know what I mean? You know, you're not happy, are you? Oh, no, I'm happy. I just like to wear a size six or something. You know what I'm saying? I, I, would, I would like to wear, you know, I would like to wear a 29 waist like my son does. But I'm pretty sure that went bye-bye a long time ago. It's these child-bearing hips. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, I guess, I guess some people's happiness does revolve around their weight, doesn't it? Because, I mean, I've seen them on TV. I, I was fat. Listen, I, people tell me, I've had somebody say, well, you're fat. I'm like, I am? <laughs> I thought my head was small. I heard it. <laughs> <laughs> Glory. Anyway, praise the Lord. So uh, I'll give you that'll give you enough information. It wasn't there. Yeah, go ahead, real quick. Yeah, yeah. Put it. Uh, put. I gave I gave uh, Doctor uh, Sherlock an offering above what we received. So anything you give, if it ends up being more than what we sowed, I'll send it to him. Um, if you want it to go directly, if you definitely want it to go to him, probably if you sowed it now in the church, it might not make it to him because I'm super bad about sending people checks after they've been through. I mean, he might get it, but it might be next time he comes. <laughs> Yeah, Rachel. Give it to Rachel. We got her right there. I contact. She handles that stuff too. So yeah, sew it, sew it into Rachel. Tell her, hey, I didn't get an opportunity. I want to sew this into your dad's ministry. So did I answer your question at all, Sheree? Kind of? You know, people give themselves over. Some of you feel uncomfortable in, in other meetings because of that. You're like, ugh. Like we went to a meeting the other day. Don't record no more, Joe. Um, we went to a meeting the other day.